Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or at Hyperclean Specialists on Facebook. Going to start today talking a little bit. The Ford CEO came out and started telling some real truths in the car market. And what I mean by that is, what is the future of the car market? What are we going to see happen in the car market? And I'm not talking about prices or any of those types of things. I'm talking about the building of cars. I have been on record with a bunch of my clients for a lot of years, for a bunch of time now in my career, to say the same exact thing over and over and over again. Do not be the first guinea pig when it comes to manufacturers making a big change. So everybody, when it came to electric cars, just assumed, hey, things are going to be what things are going to be. Don't sweat it. No big deal. Not a problem. You know, they'll figure it out. Well, here's what the Ford CEO came out and said this week on a podcast. And I think, look, he's one of the most honest CEOs a lot of times to his, you know, to his detriment. But here's what he says, basically. So anything electronical, uh, electronic, excuse me, in a car, Ford and the major manufacturers have largely been out of it. They've always used a third party to develop things like the seat system and the infotainment system and, and, you know, all of these different parts of the car. Well, as they go electric and they look at Tesla and they look at all these other companies, Rivian, Lucid, all of these companies have the software and the electronics in-house. They're basically what he called vertically integrated. So here's a pretty interesting thing to think about when you're talking specifically about the issues they're having going forward in electric car market or with electronics and cars. There has been a bunch of different things happening inside Chevy, inside Dodge, inside all these different companies where they seemingly are having these really simplistic electrical issues. And everybody's kind of like, why is this happening? Well, he explained it this week. For the first time in the history of car making, these big car manufacturers are bringing all the software development in-house. They've never done it before. So let's say they got a seat module to control your seat. That was made by Bosch, let's say. Bosch did all the programming and all of the electronics behind it. So they never went in and fixed any programming issues Bosch went in and fixed it. And if Ford tried to go in and fix it, Bosch would void their warranty and there'd be a whole big back and forth. So now what's Ford doing? They realize that they're going to have to bring all the programming of a car in-house. Here's what I bet you all can figure out now. How in the hell are they going to do this? They struggle to assemble cars. They struggle to control pricing their entire existence. They've struggled, struggled, struggled because it's not easy to build a car. But now you're going to be in the computer programming business. What's the odds they hire all the right people? None of us ever get it right out of the box. And now you're sitting in a position where you look at Ford and you go, hey, this guy's being really honest. But do you want to be the guinea pig for Ford programming cars for the first time? Second time? Third time? 
They've never been in the computer programming business. Matter of fact, they're, he was pretty honest and said, yeah, we just kind of outsourced it to cheapen the price. Now they got to bring it in. Boy, oh boy, this seems like it's going to get out of control. And I know that it already has for a lot of things. You got some, some major things coming out of manufacturers where it seems like a lot of things are headed towards recall. A lot of things are headed towards bigger headache. And again, everybody pushing that this is going to make things easier. And you'll see, look, I went in and, and designed a Rivian truck for one of my customers this week. I love the online ordering system. I love the Rivian truck but they couldn't even get the tonneau cover proper. Like they don't have a tonneau cover that they even believe in manually that goes over the bed of that truck at this point. They had an electronic one. It basically didn't work at all ever. And they haven't even got the manual figured out tonneau cover. Now it's a young company, but put that at scale for somebody like Ford. They program this electronic tonneau cover for your electric truck. It doesn't work. They can't turn to Bosch or these outside providers on that part. They're going to be the people responsible. And so they're going to fight tooth and nail to not have to replace those things and not have to fix that issue, probably pushing it to the point where government has to get involved and force them into a recall situation. This is just valuable information for those of you that are trying to you know, number one, if you're 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 just an enthusiast listening to us, it's great to know these types of things are going on. But if you're a professional, this is the way to help you conversate with your customers about, hey, you're going to buy a Rivian truck. You know, I just want to let you know, man, these are some things going on. It's a great truck for for seventy thousand, eighty thousand, ninety thousand all in. It's an it's a great vehicle they have problems. Just like we've said about Tesla. I like driving them. They got problems. And car building isn't seemingly getting easier by overhauling the whole industry. It's producing its own challenges. And so when you're talking to customers or you're thinking about buying one yourself, you just have to know, hey, man, I'm a guinea pig. This is what it is. There's nothing I can do about that. And if you're cool being a guinea pig, which look, if I had, you know, if I sell my BMW now, I would absolutely order a Rivian truck. No questions asked. I wouldn't mind being a guinea pig, but it's also vehicle number three in my house. And I have six work trucks that I have access to. So I'm not going to have a problem finding a car to do things with in my life. So owning a vehicle that may have to sit at the shop a few weeks because they're trying to figure something out, not a big deal for me. It's your only car or, you know, your family is, is, it has two drivers and you have two cars. Yeah, man, these things are big risks. But you have the Ford CEO basically saying, we are now going into uncharted territory and he has no idea how this is going to play out. And I think that's fascinating on a million different levels. I really, really do. So when you look at this and you start to have the conversation with customers or anything like that, what you got to remember is you just want to be realistic. You don't want to be one of those guys that's like, oh, don't try an electric car. They're all BS. No, they aren't. They're fun to drive. They're ultra quiet. Every customer I have pretty much loves theirs. I'm not telling people not to buy electric vehicles or 
we're just talking about the understanding of what's to come, what's here. And now you're talking about, hey, trust that Dodge is going to get the uh, programming of their cars properly. They haven't even be able, been able to wire their cars properly ever since they've been building them. I've said it a million times. You have to really think through this stuff. And you got to listen to people like the CEO going on record and saying, ah, this is unprecedented for us. I love this guy because he he's a content machine. I mean, he essentially just, he'll do anything. He'll tell you anything, say anything. It's fantastic. I love this guy. I really do. Uh, because, I mean, he'll just say it like it is, and I'm sure his shareholders are pissed, but he doesn't care, which I think is fantastic. I'm going to finish today's episode talking about something that's not really super easy to talk about and it's such common sense it's going to be silly to you know it's kind of silly to talk about but I think it's helpful to say this kind of stuff every now and then it's super helpful when when I hear this stuff for myself so I thought I would share it here let's imagine for a second you got a family member a friend a colleague that's been drinking a lot They've just gotten out of control. It's been six months. It's been a year. It's been 18 months. Just hitting a bottle tough. Let me ask you this question. How do you fix that? You're, you're their friend. You're their family member. You're going to sit them down, and you're going to tell them the truth. Hey, John. Hey, Steve. Hey, Susie. The drinking's gotten out of control. And from the truth, maybe that person will hear it, and come up with a solution. But if you look at those people that are drinking a lot, you go, hey, man, you're missing work. You've lost your family. You've lost friends. You're not drinking too much. Keep it going. If I said that out loud right here on this podcast, you guys would be like, dude, that guy's nuts. Somebody drinking too much. They just lost their family. They just, they're losing friends or they're missing work. That's a bad thing. Got to tell them the truth. You got to tell them the truth, right? I mean, we all kind of agree with that. You can extend that to your business, okay? If you're looking around and business is slow, which can happen to anybody, you now have to take stock into things of why am I slow? And I have to tell the truth about them. Am I slow because I'm not a good detailer and I need to improve my skill? Am I slow because I'm not working hard enough? Am I slow because my marketing isn't good? Am I slow because dot, 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 dot? But let's say what we see a lot, you're slow and you have this reaction. Oh, if customers just understood that they needed to take care of their car, I'd be busy. But, you know, car customers, they're so stupid, they don't know. How are you going to fix the problem? Marty did an awesome interview uh, probably about a month ago. And when I listened to that interview, I heard a lot of great things. But I also heard, here's a business owner that's closing his doors, who's not really admitting why his doors are being closed. He's kind of beating around the bush, which means while his business was going down, he wasn't being truthful to himself of what are the problems I'm having and what should I fix? Because... I think a lot of us, myself included, avoid that kind of stuff because it's brutal. 
it's brutal to look in the mirror and say, I'm failing at something. It's brutal to say, I got to change. It's brutal to tell yourself the truth 365 days a year. It's not fun. But it's not about fun when it's in your business. It's about moving my business forward. And there's so many people that can't understand why things are so out of whack in their business. And yet when you talk to them, they never exactly tell you the truth. You can feel it when you talk to them, right? I don't care if it's a detailer or it's just one of my, one of my colleagues that I know here in Vegas. I can tell when somebody's not being truthful. Yeah, man, times are slow, but you know, this and this, and I'm going, that doesn't sound like the truth. And so there is no solution to any problem if you start from a lie instead of the truth of what the problem really is. It doesn't matter who you are. And I've been guilty of it. You've been guilty of it. We're all guilty of it at times. Of not wanting to face the facts of, man, I got I to gotta fix this. But let's just say this. I had a problem customer that's been lingering around in my business the last six months. And to be honest with you, I let it linger. I knew it was a problem six months ago. So finally, after last week, one of my guys says to me, he's like, hey, man, this thing's out of control now. And what's out of control is the guy's not consistent. He, he's, he's, he's kind of gotten rude. He's not really abiding by the program we have him on. And he's still wanting us to perform services that he's not really paying for because he's not staying up on our program, right? So let's just say this. If you're on our weekly maintenance program, you get a certain price because we know we can get through the car quicker. But if you keep skipping weeks and, and going a whole month without getting your car maintained, by the end of that month, that, that truck's pretty in pretty bad shape. And so we were having this real issue showing up because we have another customer there showing up at, at, at his place and he would just say, I don't want it done. Well, that wasn't the deal. So we let it go on a little bit. I should say I did. I just said, hey, man, this will work itself out. He's just, he's just in a tough spot. Just, just let it work out. Good customer, by the way. For years, he's been a good customer. So, so I didn't want to hammer him right away. But the last six months, I let it linger. Now, we still made money on the customer, but it was a little bit of a headache for my guys. And finally, last week, my guy goes, dude, I'm done doing this. I said, you're right. So there's the truth. My guy saying, we know we had a problem. We got to handle this. I'm done with this. That finality of the truth led me to have a conversation with that customer this week. And I said, hey, man, if you're going to back down your service, the price is going to go up because your truck's going to be in a worse position. You know, you got kids in the back. You got this. You got that. You know, we had them in here for some PPF. At the end of the day, the program is the program. If you don't want on that program, here are the prices of the other program. Immediately, the guy goes, yeah, man, I'll just do the program I've been on. Apologize for the headache the last few months. I'll make sure to do the car on our program. Now, I want you to think about, I let it linger for six months. I didn't tell myself the truth, you know, three, four months into it, two months into it. We got a problem. Let me handle it. Once the truth was kind of admitted, I called up, we handled the problem, we move on. 
That happens all the time in my business. We're at such a size, I can't handle every little problem right in the moment, but I can handle every problem in a timely manner. And I chose on this one to kind of let something play out. It was the wrong decision. No big deal. Again, we didn't lose money or anything like that. But I allowed a headache to be a headache because I didn't tell myself the truth about the headache. Once it kind of got out there, hey, you need to make a phone call. We need to handle this. I did it. Everything cleared up. This week, we're right on track. No problems. That's how easy the truth is. And I got a million of those examples every week, just like you guys have a million of them. But I see a lot of people talk about the industry and what people should do, and, and, and people didn't do this, and people didn't do that. Well, man, it's just like your business. If we're not going to tell the truth about these things, if we're not going to tell the truth about this or the truth about that, the fact of the matter is it's not going to get better. And if it doesn't get better, it's going to go away. And if it goes away, it doesn't benefit anybody. That's going to be hard for some people to hear. But I'm going to remind everybody that I went to SEMA last year every day that it was, that it was open. I saw with my own two eyes. I talked to vice presidents of companies. I talked to owners of companies outside of detailing that witnessed the show. I talked to people inside of detailing. And I just shared the truth of what I saw, what I heard, what I talked to people about, and it upset some people. Didn't upset everybody that was at the show, but it upset some people, the similar people that always get, you know, their panties in a bunch over nothing. We're going to go to SEMA this year. You're going to see the exact same problems because most people just don't want to tell the truth of, hey, let's get together. Let's find a better place to have parties. Let's find a better place to, let's find a better way to do SEMA as an industry. Again, come together. And this is what everybody missed about my SEMA episode, at least the ones that, you know, passed it around and act like I said something really bad. I told the truth of the show and then I gave a solution. Give me a call. I'll help you get all the places you want to go. I'll talk to the SEMA people with you. We'll donate money to a party venue. We'll do this. We'll do that. It's not like I just told the truth and ran away. Because I told the truth, because I saw what went on there and just told you guys what was going on there, I was able to provide solutions right there on the air. None of us can get to a solution if we don't start with the truth of what's happening. It's all good that Something didn't go as planned. But then when you're done with the day and you want to lie that it was a great day when it wasn't a great day, you're not going to fix anything. It's okay that things don't go perfectly, but you got to fix some shit. And you got to be willing to tell some hard truths. Hey, man, we tried some things that didn't work out. Hey, we listened to some people, didn't work out. It's all good. I mean, damn, do any of you guys think you're perfect? I don't think I'm perfect. I don't think most of you guys think you're perfect, but we got a lot of people, quote unquote, scared of just saying, ah, man, things didn't go the way they should have. Let's fix some stuff. I mean, what a positive way to look at it. I don't know why it's seen as negative. When my guy called me last week and said, hey, I'm done dealing with this. We got to get it fixed. We got it fixed. I wasn't mad at him for saying it. I'm never mad at my guys when they call me up respectfully and say, hey, man, 
Got to get this fixed. Okay, let's get it. Let's let, let's get a solution. Now, the argument on the other side is, yeah, man, some guys are jerks about it. They go into Facebook groups and they they talk to people cross and they do all these things they're not supposed to do. I feel you. Get out of those groups. It's no big deal. It's not a big deal. There are jackasses in the world. But I know people that you could talk about SEMA or anything else or the industry or or an association. I know guys that have been very respectful and said, hey, I'd like to see this change. Here's why. Here's what I'll do to help. They've been blown off. And then they feel like, yeah, man, when I just told them the truth as I saw it very politely, here's the the email I sent or here's the Facebook message or uh, Facebook comment I left. They got pissed off at me. I said, yeah, I've been there. I told the truth about SEMA the way I saw it from, again, high-ranking individuals from the PPF industry through the detailing industry, how they saw it. Nobody was trying to be mean to anybody. We were trying to say, hey, man, we got a problem. Let's try to fix it. How about that? But you can't fix anything if you don't tell the truth about it. The last story I'll leave you with is Marty and I bought these sprayers when we first released our 16-ounce bottles. We've shared it before. They weren't great. We weren't proud of them. Now, imagine if we just said, ah, work fine. We don't care that your guy's hand's cramping and they're breaking every every so often and uh, they don't spray very well. Ah, you'll figure it out. You'd be like, what's this guy talking about? So what'd we do? Hey, man. Yeah, we got several thousands of these things, man. You're right. We're just kind of going to have to toss them. They're garbage. Thousands of dollars down the drain. Let's get to working on some new ones. Not really that difficult. I get most of you are listening like, yeah, that's what you should do. Do we all do it? I don't know. I certainly have times I don't, but I have, I, I try to, Understand that problem solving comes from the basis of telling the truth first about the problem, then get to solving it and move on with your life. So when you see those complaints online, when you see those people talking about the industry, when you see this in your business or whatever, understand you got to get to the truth first. What's the problem we're dealing with? Then I can get the right solution. Then I can move on with my life. Maybe I kind of said this today because I'm reminding myself. I think it's a good reminder for all of us. Got to get to the bottom of it. Got to be real brutally honest about what you're getting to the bottom of. Then go about making a solution. Move on with your day. And go spend some time with your family at the end of the day and you know, go to sleep and do it again tomorrow. But the truth is, man, you're watching a lot of things right now, a lot of different things where people aren't really trying to solve a problem that's that's there. They're trying to tell themselves or argue a different way because they just don't want to face the facts of, hey, man, some things don't work. Some people shouldn't be in charge. Some people shouldn't be around things. You're going to have to answer those same questions in your business, your family, your friends, all of us. Everybody, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week.